Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. This week, we're very lucky. We had our first duo. This has not happened before, so we had two guests to deal with and um, great company they were too. It was the guys from Tortua AI all the way in South Africa. Um, connected to them via their participation in Lloyd's Lab, um, they offer an AI solution in the claims space. So we get into all things claims, all things artificial intelligence and automation. Um, it's a bit of a soft spot for me in the claims space. It's where I started my career in insurance and also where I spent a lot of my life uh, recruiting into in the earlier part of my career. So um, definitely uh, holding one out for my claims brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, it's quite nice to talk about something that technically I actually understand. So that's uh, that's a good starting point. But this is a great conversation. Um, John snuck in the first uh, screen share that I've done on the podcast as well. Um, but um, unfortunately, you, you obviously missed that if you're listening to this on Spotify or any other uh, podcasting platform. But um, it doesn't interrupt the recording. And also, we have the joy of the first postman knock. Um, and I can't believe we've got to... Uh, the 11th episode before that's happened but it's a really good episode they were great guests and I hope you enjoy it good morning and welcome to the leadership in insurance podcast otherwise known as the lip I'm your host Alex Bond Uh, I'm very fortunate today to be joined by the guys from Taotoa all the way from South Africa Um, we've got Philip Cooper and John Holdsworth Welcome, Jeff. So, how are you? Wonderful, awesome, thank, thank you. you. Superb. Yeah. Nice to be on the show. Thank you very much for the invite. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I won't, I'll tell everyone at home that you've already rubbed it in about the weather. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weather's absolutely wonderful over here at the moment. We're loving it. Yeah. What I find frustrating is usually I can sort of justify it to myself that we're on different time zones, but you're on the same time zone. You're just in a much better climate. So, um, I'm very jealous. Um, so I, I thought I'd throw it over to you guys, because rather than me make a hash of um, talking about AI and, and claims, um, do you want to just introduce the business and, and, and what it is exactly that you guys do? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Tautona is a hyper-automation company. What that means is we use robotics and artificial intelligence to automate processes. Um, Tautona focuses, Alex, exclusively on the insurance industry specifically uh, property and casualty. And even within property and casualty, you know, we have uh, a bias towards property-based classes of business, mm-hmm. such as a uh, homeowner or commercial multiple peril. Um, we also focus very much on claims. And, and the reason for that is that um, historically uh, claims have in the insurance industry been largely uh, manual and semi uh, semi automated and, and bureaucratic and there's now a big trend globally basically to automate claims mm-hmm. but but in claims is a, is a really really difficult problem uh, to solve and the reason for that it's not like putting caps on bottles there's lots of uh, judgment tasks there's lots of perceptual tasks that require a cognitive uh, capability and now with the Emergence of AI, you know, over the last two or three years, it's now becoming possible to actually automate, you know, some of these these processes. Mm-hmm. Um, from our perspective, we really focus on three very very key areas of of AI. Do um, what's called um, intelligent uh, document uh, identification or computer vision. 
So what we can do is take very, very large documents and uh, using computer vision, we can extract relevant claim information out of those uh, documents. Uh, if you take, for example, you know, a complex Lloyd's claim, it could be a report from an assessor that's you know, 30 or 40 pages long. That's got lots of relevant information about the claim. So what would historically have happened in that scenario is a claim adjuster would have read the report, you know, would probably have made some notes. We can now use technology to take that 50-page report and extract all the key information out of that uh, report um, uh, for further, further processing. Mm -hmm. uh, we use uh, machine learning, and that's specifically used for uh, computing um, uh, loss values, uh, for setting reserve amounts. Again, this is something that's you know, historically done by, by, by a claim adjuster using an Excel spreadsheet, but with machine learning, we're, we're now able to actually automate these tasks. One of the areas where I, I think we, we, we possibly lead the world is in natural language uh, understanding. Uh, that's pretty much the, the holy grail really of, of artificial intelligence. It's been able to have, you know, a conversation or a sensible conversation, you know, with a, with a computer. It's a step beyond natural language processing. And the area um, where we apply this technology is in um, coverage analysis, you know, which is really the heart of, uh, of claim processing. It's trying to understand, you know, what is the proximate cause um, what are the damages, you know, and do you have coverage basically, you know, for for those damages. Is, uh, is, is that the leap forward that's um, been the challenge? Because my, my thing would be, yeah, understanding policy documents, understanding coverage. Um, is, is that the leap forward in AI that needed to happen to get to a point where you could understand and decipher language? Very much so. I mean, that, that's at the heart of, you know, where um, most corporates globally uh, want to take, um, you know, claim automation. I'm sure you've heard all these um, these buzz phrases like touchless claims, Alex, and straight through processing and intelligent triage. So these are all buzzwords that get thrown around all the time. But if you can't understand, you know, what the damage is and whether there's coverage, you know, you can't actually. Uh, how can you um, process, you know, a, a claim unless you understand? whether that client has coverage for that loss. Uh, and unfortunately, there's, it's, that's a major technical challenge because you know, if you look, for example, at, a, at a, a homeowner policy, there can be anywhere between 25 and 35 policy documents that are full with all of this legalese. Mm -hmm. and, and be a claim adjuster would, would peruse those documents and you know, extract the, the, uh, the appropriate clauses out and would, would, would think about that and, you know, uh, make some decisions and make some telephone calls, but we've now developed effectively an engine that understands policy documents mm -hmm. and understands them in context of that specific claim scenario. Uh, and those claim scenarios are, are incredibly complex. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, there's all manner of circumstances that arise, you know, uh, with a claim. Um, there's numerous uh, perils. There are potentially um, hundreds of different uh, coverages. All of those exclusions. various exclusions come in various uh, combinations. There's terms and conditions. So it's actually quite a feat. Uh, but what we can now do is, is take a policy and then literally sub-second, you know, we can extract all the relevant clauses out of uh, the policy documents. Um, you know, we can process those, you know, vis-a-vis -vis, um, mm -hmm. what actually caused the loss in the first place. 
and we're able to recommend a decision to to a claim uh, a claim adjuster. I think what's what's important to say at this point is, you know, I think there's a percentage of of claims um, that you can you know automate with little or no human in, in, intervention, but it's a very small portion. Uh, I don't think with uh, particularly complex claims, you're going to be able to take humans out the loop. And in fact, you don't actually want to do that. You know, mm. humans add value to the process. Mm. You know, they're very good at communicating. They're very good at empathizing. Uh, they're good at all these sorts of, uh, of functions. So it's a question of striking the perfect balance or the right balance uh, between what the AI can do and what the humans can do. So yeah. you know, make claim decisions, you know. It's essentially like orchestration between kind of what technology does um, and, and what, as John said, humans do really well. And mm -hmm. maybe just to kind of carry on to, you know, John's train of thinking there, you know, obviously he's explained, you know, the various machine learning, you know, artificial intelligence technologies we use. But also at the heart of our system, we have what's called business process management, you know, so claim starts with an application form. And at the end of that process, you know, you know, hopefully it ends with a payout, but you need some pretty sophisticated technology to actually manage that process and kind of the various um, outcomes that a, a particular claim may have. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's also, you know, one of the critical key pieces of technology that we've kind of integrated with the, the artificial intelligence technology. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, obviously, you know, insurance is a, uh, it's quite an old industry. You'll see that a lot of those systems are kind of hung together with, uh, you know, sticky tape and, and chewing gum. Yeah. You know, some of those mainframe systems are kind of like 20, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the other differentiators, you know, in, in terms of Tartona is that we also have our own proprietary robotics process automation technology. So on many of those systems, there are no APIs available to access those policy information systems. And then at the end of the process to write everything back into the, the claims management system. So mm -hmm. we also have an ability to kind of, uh, you know, deploy our RPA technology to extract information out of those systems and then also update them towards the end of the process. Because mm. I was going to say that I was going to find out where you where you plug in, really, because um, I, I think, you know, we we spoke before, didn't we? And I shared with you that because I was, I was going to have to I was going to have to do one for my claims brothers and sisters out there because um, uh, I used to work in claims and uh, I spent most of my career at this early part recruiting into it and I think it's what 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 it was nice to hear is you're giving a, basically a better toolkit to claims professionals to kind of do their role and also you're you're keeping them away from the stuff that doesn't really need human intervention you know you need experts involved when when it's complex and 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 you it sounds like you're basically highlighting the issues that need to be looked at by a human correct right yeah but but what i wanted to talk about as well is is do you think it speaks to fairness because because there's definitely a trend in insurance at the moment to say let's be honest even with uh, businesses they buy insurance that they don't necessarily understand and i think the pandemic has obviously shown that um, when you've got an AI tool um, that is kind of, it feels like it's a more even playing field, like both sides understand the legalese, it's a route through um, that both sides kind of share, because I think one of the challenges is that you're essentially, if you're a claimant, you are, there's you as a claimant, non-insurance professional, not versus, but essentially on the other side of the fence is an insurance professional that knows the policy inside out. And it feels unfair. Whereas I think if you've got a kind of machine in the middle, kind of cutting through the the, the, the legalese, as you put it, um, it seems a fairer way of doing things. And there's definitely a trend towards that, I think, in insurance. 
You know, Alex, no, I'm, no are, I'm in insurance and I still don't understand any of my policies. You know, I just <laughs> submit a claim and start praying, uh, essentially. Um, but yeah, John, you were going to say? Yeah, no, no that, that's absolutely valid. I mean, these, these claims are, you know, incredibly complex and they're even challenging, you know, for claim adjusters you know, with perhaps even 20 years, you know, experience in, in the field. But what's happening in insurance now, there's a huge amount of focus on customer self-help or customer self-service and what insurers are doing is investing you know large sums of money in creating a platform that allows their customers basically you know to engage uh, with that platform and get answers to to difficult questions i mean typically what happens you know in insurance there's a large amount of uh, effort goes into concluding the sale and then effectively the insurer doesn't pay for the customer for five years until he has a claim you know um, and then, you know, uh, those customers are having to deal with, you know, very uh, outdated and arcane uh, uh, procedures where they're perhaps approaching a broker, a physical form gets attached, you know, attaching various documents in the form of perhaps photographs and invoices. And then these get, you know, scanned and emailed, emailed off to someone in the blue ether. Then they sit around waiting and insurers are aware of that and they're trying to engineer that process. I mean, you know, um, just taking a glimpse into the future, I mean, how far away are we from a, an insurance type Siri product where a customer effectively of an insurer, you know, can ask, you know, a, a piece of artificial intelligence software, some very complex questions in a very simple and casual way and get a response. We're not that far away. I mean, using our NLU engine, there's no reason why, you know, um, uh, an insured party couldn't engage with the bot, you know, and have very complex questions uh, uh, answered or, or even, you know, uh, scenarios contemplated. You know, I, I don't think we're that, that far away. So, I mean, I, I think your hypothesis is correct, Alex. Yeah, yeah. maybe just to add to that, I mean, I, I completely agree that, you know, you know AI and, and, and using machines to kind of automate and process claims definitely... Uh, kind of even out the playing field because you know we, we, we're all just human and you know humans have bias um, you know we wake up you know in the morning sometimes with uh, the wrong foot out of the bed mm -hmm. and uh, you know obviously when you review claims on those days you know uh, it, it may have a, a different outcome you know depending on how tired you are the bias uh, you know what mood you're in so mm -hmm. you know obviously the nice thing about machines is they're super consistent they work really fast and, and they don't make mistakes mm -hmm. um, so I completely agree with uh, with what you were saying Alex yeah, because I, I mean, it's, it's just from experience. I mean, I, I started as a grad and, and I worked for one of the big insurers and what would happen, you know, I'm old enough that they were on paper files and uh, they would come out and, and you would get repeat copies of that claim file sent from the broker to make sure it happened. Um, three different people would go and set the claim up. There'd be three different reserves set. Um, and, and, and not and people, all these people had the same training and the same claim file, but they, they would view it slightly differently. You know, there was there was a nuance to that. Um, it probably means I wasn't very good at my job. I appreciate that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you um, but but it's you know with most systems, um, it, it's the human error is the thing. It's like it's like cybersecurity, isn't it? Human error is the, the easiest route into any cybersecurity situation. Is almost always the weakness is is the person, it's not the machine. So if we kind of limit that, um, the ability for that error to happen, then I think we're probably on the right path. No, no, look, I mean, approving claims that should be declined is one thing, Alex, but declining claims that should be uh, approved is, is entirely uh, another, you know, mm -hmm. which can 
to you know litigation and uh, you know um, spending large amounts of money and all those sorts of things. So using technology to uh, reduce that risk makes complete sense. But I just want to emphasize again, you know, our technology is not replacing claim adjusters. Sure. We have absolutely no ambition to do that. Mm. What we try and do is uh, is do the grind and, you know, present this information to claim adjusters so they can make, you know, correct uh, decisions. Mm. I mean, there's a reason why a claim adjuster, you know, should be calculating a loss reserve amount. I mean, we've got access to five years worth of data. You know, we have analyzed that data and we're able to um, uh, predict those amounts, you know, within a 99%, you know, accuracy, which is far higher than, than a human would. You know, mm -hmm. why necessary for um, a claim adjuster to wade through perhaps 100 page policy documents, you know, and extract out of those documents, you know, what clauses apply, you know, when a piece of software can actually do that for them. It's not going to make the decision, but what it's going to do is present effectively all these pieces of the puzzle, you know, for the claim adjuster to, to connect. Having said that, you know, for simple claims, um, and these are claims below a certain threshold, you know, perhaps where, you know, um, um, coverage issues are, are, are very simple. I can give an example of that. I mean, there could be a claim, for example, um, where uh, the policy is outside of the policy period. You know, why would you, uh, in, in that circumstance, you know, wade through policy documents and send out a field adjuster and go through this whole process when we know upfront that that claim is going to be declined. So th that's the type of claim that would fall, you know, into that, that simple category where we know that, you know, the damage was caused by a hailstorm. Um, the, the client to that, the brokers said, you know, it's a hailstorm. And we clearly see in the policy documents that there is a hail exclusion. You know, at this point, we can get back to the client and say, unfortunately, you know, um, your policy excludes, excludes hail. Um, so this is what software is very, very good at. It's filtering out all of these claims, extracting all these simple claims out and processing them super quickly. And then with the complex claims is extracting all the bits of information that's required to make this very difficult decision and presenting it basically to the claim adjuster in, in a very structured way. Um, now, so just, that's interesting. Yeah, Go so Ray, just to add on to what you were saying. So, I mean, um, you know, what's quite interesting about the property space is that a lot of these straight through processing claims, these non-complex claims, as John mentioned, don't actually happen is because the actual process is broken. So if you look at the way that a, a current property or a US delegated authority property claim gets handled, you know, the insured goes to his broker, the broker completes a application form, the application form goes to a TPA or a third party administrator mm -hmm. who has a delegated authority to actually process the claim on behalf of the, 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 the insurer. Um, they then start doing work, pulling reports, you know, looking at, you know, doing coverage analysis, um, uh, they then send out the field adjuster. But once they've spent all the money, only then does it go to the actual insurer or the managing agent. And essentially, one of the, the key things we identified up front is that, you know, it doesn't help. You've got all this amazing technology. But if the, the flow of information is broken, you'll never actually get to proper straight through processing. So, I mean, I think one of the key things that, that we've done um, is, is, is try and get that process right. So before actually appointing a TPA and an independent assessor and start running up charges, the claim must go from the broker into the managing agent or the insurer first. Mm -hmm. And at that stage, you know, we can, you know, 
do all the necessary checks that John said. If, if something's not in a, in a particular coverage period or, you know, if you're in a notice period, you know, these are claims we can, you know, categorically say, you know, they shouldn't be processed. And, and we just, you know, send a letter to the, you know, the insured telling him that his claim has been denied and we can close the claim file. So, you know, process is as important as the actual technology itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and you guys were involved in the Lloyd's lab uh, previously, weren't you? Or, or not currently, previously? Yeah, yeah, we were part of um, Lloyd's lab cohort number three. Um, they selected, I think, around about 130 insure techs. Um, then they, I think, whittled it down to about 30. We had a, a shootout, which was really interesting. John and I had a lot of fun. Um, and they ended up selecting um, 11 insure techs. And um, what was quite interesting about the third cohort was that the focus was at the future of Lloyd's. So, you know, within, you know, Lloyd's, you know, they've got this pro program called the future at Lloyd's. And it's essentially around bringing innovation and then, you know, taking that, that operating expense from, I think, John, it's 46% down to 25%. Yeah, and correct. within that program, they had a number of work streams. And obviously, you know, one of the key work streams where you can save quite a bit of money was claims. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we actually, you know, formed part of that, that claims work stream. It was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, you know, we got to meet, you know, great people, other insure techs. Um, and then also it kind of, you know, became the springboard for us to actually start selling our technology um, into the Lloyd's marketplace. Um, mm. We were very fortunate to be partnered up with an amazing um, managing agent there. Um, we built a POC with them. Um, you, know, you know, obviously we're focusing on kind of PNC and property. So we, we built a delegated authority uh, property claims automation system. Yeah. And um, we're actually in the process now of, of, of taking that into a proper rollout, uh, taking the system live with them. Hmm. Well, that, that was what I was going to say. You know, how does it the, how does it work with the kind of Lloyd's market? Is it attributable to Lloyd's? Obviously, having known that you were in the Lloyd's lab, I assumed it was. But what was I, I know one of the things people have said about the Lloyd's lab is it's really useful for getting feedback. And essentially, you know, you've got end user feedback and, and access. What was kind of some of the feedback and, and clearly it's kind of been involved in some of the products. Did it, did it change some of the products or was it just a, it was a, it was a different way of looking at maybe how you might adopt the product for different markets? John, do you want to grab that one? Yes, no, no, absolutely. Um, I think it, it definitely, you know, lifted our horizons in terms of, um, you know, what's possible. Uh, it also basically brought to our attention some of the problems that insurers are facing specifically, you know, in the UK and the US. I mean, we are based in South Africa. We work with a lot of South African insurers. You know, insurance is, is the same, you know, the world over, at least the principle is, you know, but the implementations are different. So what this did is it gives, gave us a good view of some of the problems that UK insurers are facing, particularly Lloyds of London, and it also gave us exposure to to, to that, that that US market. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we absolutely learned a lot. You know, we're super grateful. You know, um, for that experience, uh, but we're also viewed as as a Lloyds alumni. So, uh, um, you know, the management agents are aware that you know only the best you know insurtechs are selected. That you're having to go through a process of, of natural selection, if you like. Uh, and so we were shortlisted. Um, and, you know, the, the agents are, are aware of that. Um, so it almost feels as if we have been pre-qualified by Lloyd's. I think, you know, for myself and Philip to get on a plane 
you know, arrive in London and go knock at the door at Lloyd's and say, right, you know, we want to do business with you without having gone through Lloyd's lab would have been completely, uh, completely impossible. So it was a, a learning experience. Um, you know, it's opened up uh, opportunities for us and, and we, you know, we value it uh, enormously and we're looking to build a relationship. You know, we want to be doing business at Lloyd's in, in 10 years from now. Yeah. One thing I just want to kind of add to that. Sorry, Alex, you know, John was oh, saying cool. it was a learning experience and, um, uh, I will tell you that, you know, coming from a kind of a traditional insurance background and then going into the Lloyd's marketplace are absolutely chalk and cheese. Um, mm -hmm. That first week, um, kind of, which was kind of the introduction into kind of the, the marketplace. You know, I often joke with people, I, I say to them, it was like drinking from a fire hose um, because it was literally information overload, you know, understanding, you know, TPAs, managing general agents. I mean, there's, there's so many, you know, parties in the chain. So, I mean, that was quite interesting, you know, for us to learn. Uh, but also to understand kind of where the inefficiencies are. So, um, you know, I think Lloyd's also looked towards, you know, as John said, the alumni and the, you know, the participants in the cohort to, to kind of also try and identify some of the kind of the sweet spots for innovation, where the issues mm. lie and how they can actually be addressed. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, inefficiencies, that's a... <laughs> I just I just always laugh about the first time I walked into Lloyd's as a, as a like, you know, recent grad and... Uh, just walking, seeing the guys in the suitcases and uh, going, you know, oh, where are they going? They're like, nowhere. Um, let's just pay. Up and down the escalator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously it's moved on a great deal, but I think, I think there's so much mileage. And I was going to ask you, obviously this technology that you've got could be applied to different parts of the insurance chain. It doesn't have to be applied to claims. Um, why did you pick... Why did you pick claims, or, or was it was there never any doubt? I, I mean, I, my my sort of initial thought was there's so many moving parts in claims that this that's it's, it's the sort of best use case of it. But um, it, are there any kind of other points yeah. you could use? Can it? I grab that one, John? Yes, yeah. you may. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Sure. So, like, um, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like, um, you know, insurance policy is essentially like a, a promise to pay. Um, but when you look at a lot of insure techs that get funded in the market at the moment, they kind of focus on the downstream customer fo focusing stuff. You know, there's a lot of apps out there, a lot of stuff around underwriting, you know, bringing uh, customers on board quickly, as John said, you know, so that a lot of focus is actually spent on that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I always joke with people and I say to them that that engine room, the claims engine room at the back is almost seen like a, a redheaded, ugly stepchild, you know, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a cost center um, and uh, not a lot of innovation dollars actually go into that area. And if you look at, kind of, you know, large gross written premiums, you know, across the multiple lines of business, depending on whether it's life insurance, PNC, or um, kind of health, anything between 50 and I would say 90% of that gross written premium actually gets paid out in claims. Sure. So, you know, what's been fantastic is that, you know, we found this little area where nobody's actually, you know, paying a lot of attention. It's kind of back office, um, you know, stuff. And uh, we, we find ourselves a nice little niche there to actually innovate and, 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 and you know, bring some technology to the market. And mm. it's been really, really well received. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, sort of harking back to my experience. So, I mean, I spent the first, I've been doing um, executive search for 15 years. And for the first seven, I did almost exclusively claims. And one of the big conundrums was why quite often is the board without a member of the claims team you know the the, the chief claims officer is not always on the board um and I, i've posed that question a few times because 
if you can save money on a claim, if you, if you handle a claim effectively, um, it's pure dollars in the bank. I mean, it's, it's pure money. Go straight to the bottom line. It, yeah. it absolutely is. I mean, you're absolutely right, Alex. I'm just, just a, a couple of additional thoughts on that. Now, the claims process is a, is a major differentiator. It's generally a, a super powerful trigger for you know, customers to switch to another insurer. If they get a bad claim experience, it's likely that they will switch you know, to, to another insurer. Mm-hmm. And insurers are you know, uh, aware of this and are now focusing on, 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 on re-engineering claims processes. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not difficult for us to, to sell our solutions. You know, we're knocking on open doors. You know, mm-hmm. All the insurers realize how important you know, claims is. You know, um, they want to save money. Uh, they also want to improve the experience for their partners uh, as, as, well as, their, as well as their customers. I mean, it's quite interesting. We haven't discussed this. I'm not sure if you want me to share my screen or that's appropriate or inappropriate for this podcast. I can actually show you what one of these claims processes looks like and, and get some idea of, of, of timeframes, you know? Let's, uh, let's do it. I, yeah. yeah, let's Maybe do while it. you're sharing your screen, um, you know, just to cotton on to what John was saying, you know, we actually have a, an insurer here in South Africa where we took a claims process that used to take effectively two days and we're doing it in two and a half minutes. Yeah. And they actually put out a big billboard on one of the interstates saying, you know, we actually process claims in two and a half minutes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's actually something you can, you know, kind of you know, take above the line. And mm. uh, it's definitely a draw plaster um, yeah. for customers. I mean, I, I, one thing that harks back to me, I used to say this all the time and, and people sort of think I don't understand. And it's always quite funny for me because I used to work in claims. And I, I said, if I buy insurance on a personal level, and that claim process is brilliant. You know, like Tesco, for example, I think they were quite early on. Take photos of your car, send it to us, and we'll make some claims assessments. Um, if you buy commercial insurance, even if you're the same person, you still can't help but have a hangover of going, this experience of my personal lines insurer is better than my commercial insurer. And my commercial insurer is more expensive. And I think people can't help but draw parallels. It doesn't matter that we know that they're different processes. You've got to kind of, I think as the insurer, it's, it's incumbent upon you to go, well, why is that? Can exactly. we do it? <laughs> you know, a claim is a claim. You know, Sorry, my, uh, someone's the the knocking at my door. <laughs> the glamorous world of podcasting. Give me one second. All no good. Problem. Go pick up. Um, yeah, sorry, as I was saying before, we got rudely interrupted by the postman. Um, I... Um, I think that's it. I think people, people are people and their experience of claims is, is the same whether they, if they look at personal lines claims, go, go, this is easy. And the other thing is if you can sell a policy to someone in minutes, I feel like therefore you're setting the bar, like the, 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 you're setting the kind of experience bar of going, well, it's all electronic, it's all easy, it's all quick. Now, of course, a claim is, is, is usually going to take longer than kind of buying the policy, especially if it's kind of off the shelf. But that should be, for me, that's the goal. The, the goal should be the experience should be as good at the front end as the back end. Um, I think that's kind of one of, uh, if you look at like Lemonade in the US, you know, yeah. also focusing on PNC, I think that's one of the key value propositions. You know, it's like, you know, the products are simple. It's really easy to sign up. And, you know, because they've you know, kind of built straight through processing and kind of automated claims into their kind of technology stack and value proposition from day one, you know, that's what's actually getting signed or sold to customers. And, and yeah. that's why, you know, there's they, such a big success story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, traditional insurers have a long way to go to get there. And essentially, that's where we come in. And, and, and we're hoping to kind of, you know, assist with that particular building block in their business. 
Okay, cool, man. So you can see my screen, hopefully. Yes. This gives you some indication of the complexity of a property process. Uh, what I can tell you is on average, Alex, it takes three months basically to uh, finalize uh, a property claim mm -hmm. and settle that with an insured party. What we're saying is using all this technology down the right-hand side over here, for probably um, 30 to 35% of those claims, we can pretty much settle in five minutes. So we're going here from pretty much three months down to five minutes for 30 or 35% of, of those claims. Wow. On average, we can cut the elapsed time and we can cut the costs by around about 50%. Now, I'm not at liberty to disclose how much it costs to process these claims, but what I will say to you is it runs into the thousands of dollars, the yeah. thousands. And you know, insurers have been unable to reduce that administrative cost per policy or cost per claim, um, like many other industries have done. I mean, I think other, other industries have been able to reduce their administrative cost by around about 50%, uh, but, but insurers are unable to do that. And that's historically because you, know, you can't automate these activities. I mean, just looking at this, this process here, um, being able to um, you know, identify uh, what, what caused the damage, yeah. uh, being able to estimate the loss reserve amounts, um, being able to validate terms and conditions, being able to check policy coverage, mm. being able to select field adjuster, you know, uh, being able to generate correspondence. All of these things actually require very, very expensive, very well-trained humans. And you know, many of the pe people that work in this profession you know, are graduate caliber people. And they're earning good salaries and doing doing a fantastic job. But mm. for the time now, using all of this technology here, the robotic process automation, the optical character recognition, um, what's called uh, named entity recognition, it's a technology associated with NLP, natural mm. language understanding, etc. We're able to automate many of these tasks, and so there is substantial um, savings for the insurer. Um, there's a massive improvement in terms of customer service and frustration with brokers. And, and insured parties. And there's even the opportunity to delight, you know, a large number of people with turning claims down in literally five minutes that were previously taking many, many months to, uh, you know, to process. So it's, it's, yeah. and it's dramatic and it's, it's uh, exponential. And I mean, one other thing we can probably add to this as well, which is really, really important, specifically from an insurer's, you know, value proposition perspective is, you know, because you're using technology and, and machine learning and, and, and a range of artificial intelligence technologies, you, you also have an ability to catch fraud much better. You know, yeah. and you know, as we said earlier about the human element, element people making mistakes, there's finger faults. Um, you know, essentially this technology also, you know, uh, allows you to kind of, you know, identify outliers and, and fraudulent claims as well. Mm. I, th I think it's an interesting thing that you, you touched on the human element as well. Talking about looking at that process. Yeah, the thing that people enjoy about the claims world and, and tend to be is, is the big, exciting, complicated claims. Um, what they don't like is having, they've always got too many claims on the go. They've always got too many. Um, that's, that's where the complaints come. Where, where I get people knocking on my door is, is saying, Alex, you know, or used to, Alex, I want a new role. Why? We're badly run. We've got, we've got too many claims per person. We can't spend the time on them. And, and the bit they enjoy is the complicated claims, which is where their knowledge and experience and, and, and skills are valuable. Um, exactly, correct. And totally everything agree. that isn't that 
is 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 not a waste of time, but it, it, it's inefficient, and we as we know. What do you guys think about what's what's been done in the past has been largely losses under a certain amount, for example, have just been paid. You know, it just just you know it, it is that that's kind of like. I know. That's faux, cheating, Alex. That's faux automation, right? That, exactly. That's, yeah. Formation. Yeah. No, but that, that's very dangerous. I mean, I, I don't see how you can do that without being able to actually calculate, you know, what the loss is. If, if that's a fire claim, Alex, I mean, you know, that, that could be effectively a $5 million claim. Yeah. You know, it could be just a small fire in the, in the basement that perhaps, you know, damaged the wallpaper. So mm. before you can just pay a claim, you know, particularly a property claim, there's a process, you know, you need to understand, you know, is they coverage, um, you know, what is the estimated, uh, you have to get into a situation where, uh, you know, you're, you're getting um, uh, inputs from field adjusters, you know, invoices and uh, estimates are obtained, you know, it's actually not possible to do that in the, in the property space. Yeah. It's yeah. you, see, like, you could do it in South Africa. They do it with funeral claims. I I won't mention who the insurer is, but uh, with with funeral claims, there's a very very large insurer here that simply just pays the pay, pay, pays the claim. But these are fairly small loss amounts. You know, sometimes running into maybe you know a thousand or five thousand dollars. They they're relatively small uh, amounts of money. But when you're dealing with homeowner or even commercial property. You know, without understanding, you know, uh, the loss, the damage, the coverage, these types of issues, that would be impossible to do. You know, but also doing that formation where you say anything under a particular amount, just pay it. I mean, we, I've seen insurers that, you know, let's say there's a, a really big hailstorm in Johannesburg and they get like flooded with, let's say, 30,000 claims. I mean, the call center is going absolutely berserk. Essentially, what they do is they just approve anything under, you know, X amount. Yeah. But I mean, essentially, as an insurer, that opens you up to fraud and, uh, you know, fraudulent claims. So, I mean, it's definitely not the right way to go. No, of course. And, uh, you know, and, and that ultimately gets passed on to the customer because it's, it's exactly in a new cost. So I'm conscious of, you, of your guys' time. But what, I, what I'd like to kind of know from you guys about, obviously, um, yeah, where, where's the business now? It sounds really exciting. Obviously, being through Lloyd's Lab as, as a cohort, uh, moving into kind of different spaces. What's what's happening for 2021 for you guys? Where where are you positioned? Hopefully, 2021 is better than 2020 in terms of a lifestyle we'll thing. But yeah, that won't be too difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll answer that question. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, but what, what, what's 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 next for you guys? Um, yeah, ex you know, aggressively expanding into the U.S. market, okay. uh, right. Alex. You know, um, that that's where we want to go go next. Um, you know, it's an enormous uh, market. The PNC is around about 1.2 trillion US. Just homeowner and uh, commercial multiple peril is around about 250 billion in gross written premium um, uh, per annum. You know, there's about 180 million, you know, residential and commercial properties, you know, in the US, you know, 5% of that population filed a claim per annum. So there's somewhere between six and eight million of, of these claims. And, uh, you know, we have technology that can substantially cut those costs, improve customer experience. And we want to work with as many U.S. insurers, you know, as possible. So, you know, our focus for, 
you know, 2020 and, and beyond it is effectively the, the, the US market. You know, that's the market we believe we can add the most value to all stakeholders in the value chain, including customers, brokers, as well as, you know, uh, big insurers. Philip? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it all. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So just, just conquer the US then. No, no big plans for next year. No big plans. Exactly. <laughs> I tell you something, if we, if we can just get a few crumbs that fall off that US table, we'll be, we'll be enormously happy. I mean, it's an, it's an enormous, you know, uh, market, um, you know, very, very focused on homeowner and commercial multiple peril. And, you know, if we can work with, you know, five or 10 large insurers, you know, next year and, and add value to their business, uh, we'd absolutely love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And where's the best guy, uh, place to people to catch you on um, via the website? Um, if anyone wants to reach out and speak to you chaps directly, um, contact details? Absolutely. So, you know, our details are obviously on the website and then also on LinkedIn. It's probably, I think, the best place to actually get hold of us. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, that's, I think that's the way I do it. So, um... <laughs> that's how we met. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, look, gents, thank you so much for being part of it. It was, um, it's, it's so funny. It was a bit of a walk down memory lane for me because, um, yeah, claims is where it all started for me. And um, I can, I, it's so obvious for me, the opportunities, because there's just so many elements of the chain. And if you can make that sort of chain shorter, if you can make the experience better, you're onto something. Um, and I think I shared with you, um, well, one of my previous guests was like, if we were doing it all again, I'd do claims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, must be a, he must be a masochist, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but because the opportunities yeah. are so big, and I think you're right, I think it's a bit unexpected. Yeah, so um, look, I wish you chaps all the best, and thank you so much for being guests. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, and yeah. thank you so much for having us on, Alex. We really appreciate it. No, yeah, great podcast, great show, great conversation. Appreciate the invite. Thank you so much, Alex. No, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. That was the guys at Tortoa AI. Uh, really good uh, conversation and um, uh, just a really interesting proposition. I think there's so much kind of value to be added to the claims uh, process, particularly on the commercial insurance side. And obviously um, there's a huge cost involved. So um, great opportunities within that. And, and certainly some other uh, businesses are starting to tackle that space. So um, it's a space that we watch with interest. Um, thank you again for listening. Um, I've been Alex Bond um, of We Are FinPro. If you want to find out more about the executive recruitment services that I offer, then please visit www.wearefinpro.com um, or alternatively, look me up, Alex Bond, um, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always happy to connect and, and be great to have a conversation with anyone um, if I can help you in anything. But um, all the best. Take care. Bye.